Welcome back. Welcome back to this movie podcast needs a title because it still needs a title. And I'm waiting for all of you to help me figure out what it should be called because I don't know. I still don't know. Hey, I'm glad to be back. I hope you all had a good week. I'm sorry that I've been delinquent in publishing this particular podcast, but I'm going to get back on schedule. We are moving into Sundance week. I'm so excited. I have my first Sundance movie tomorrow night. I'm seeing 10 movies in the course of a week. All of these movies are movies that have never been seen before, which is so cool because nobody else has put their imprint on them or said what they think about them. And I get to be one of the first people to do that. And that makes me so happy. It is so much fun. Um, So yeah, Uh, so for today, we have a few things to go over. I'm going to start with a little quote from the prior two-week period of time, which is, take your broken heart and turn it into art. And any of you that watch the Golden Globes heard that said by Meryl Streep quoting the glorious Carrie Fisher. So I thought I would start today by talking about One of many movies that I've watched in the last couple of weeks, one of which was called Bright Lights, which was um, put out by HBO uh, on the wake of the death of both Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. It's a beautiful little documentary, timely, of course, but um, also a really interesting look at the two of them and their relationship, especially in their later years of life, obviously. It has some um, history and talks you through kind of how they got where they were, but most of it is focused on how they supported each other later in life. And uh, it's lovely. Um, Here's what I can say. Uh, I think probably the most interesting piece of this documentary is the juxtaposition of the two of them compared to each other. Debbie Reynolds is an old Hollywood star who was always told to have her best face on in the face of anything. You put your smile on, you are beautiful, you are put together. You don't show weakness, and even at the latter stages of her life, that is still the person that she was, and she see, she was beautiful, and she wanted to be beautiful for other people, but it's interesting in comparison to Carrie Fisher, who is someone that all of us know um, later in her career and life became very public about personal struggles that she had, things that most people would not maybe be comfortable talking about in a public forum. Um, But also that I feel is what made her so special is that she wasn't afraid of that. And so this documentary kind of takes you on the journey of the two of them. And it's interesting to see those two things side by side. So if I have a recommendation of the week for you, if you have not picked up that particular documentary off HBO or downloaded it off iTunes, I would do it. It's called Bright Lights. You'll love it. Another recommendation that is available for send out um, from Netflix or Um, I'm sure through iTunes you could download it. It's a movie called Don't Think Twice. It's from Mike Birbiglia, who you probably would know. You maybe don't think you do, but I think you probably do. And he um, he was actually in Trainwreck. He played the spouse of Amy Schumer's sister. So maybe that gives you a visual. But actually, he's more known for stand-up comedy and writing and um, recently directing. And this particular movie is a passion project of his where he both wrote and directed and it's lovely. It has Jillian Jacobs from Community. It has Keegan-Michael Key, of course, of Key and Peele. And uh, they are an, part of an improv troupe. And through the course of the story, you find um, some of the members having more opportunity than others in sort of the world of a SNL-type show. And they start to make their way through that. And there are some who are left behind and who have been struggling in 
kind of that improv scene for a long time and what that looks like and what it means for friendship and what it means for love. And it's really cool. It's a really nice, enjoyable thing, especially if you enjoy watching improv. There are several scenes where these people improv uh, together and it's clear that it is happening organically and it's really fun to watch. So I highly recommend Don't Think Twice from Mike Birbiglia. Please enjoy. You're not being very much fun this episode. You're right. I hear you. You are right. I'm not. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get really serious about movies and I really want to make sure that I'm putting something out there that is helpful to people. And um, not everybody wants to hear me mess around. So I'm sticking to script this week. I'm going through some things I want you to see. I'm starting with the first movie I saw in the last two weeks that I loved and I'm working backwards. And so the next one is a movie called Jackie which you would probably think would be number one in this list, but I'm telling you, it missed for me. Um, I think, uh, obviously, there's some award buzz around this movie. It's a great vehicle to portray Natalie Portman at her finest. It comes from Darren Aronofsky, who actually produced this and is the guy behind the name Natalie Portman, because we all remember Black Swan. I watched Black Swan three times in the week it came out. That's how much I loved it. Um, not the week it came out. The, I saw it and then I rewatched it twice. Sorry, got to get my facts straight. I love that movie. And um, it was really um, her breaking out point, obviously. And she's excellent in this movie and she deserves a nomination. The movie as a whole left me a little bit disappointed. It's one of those pieces that takes you from um, a small period of time in a very, very famous person's life. Um, so Jackie Onassis basically from... Jackie Kennedy Onassis, Jackie Kennedy at the time, from uh, JFK's death until about probably seven to ten days after, where she was in the uh, trenches of interviewing like crazy. Um, she's known for really wanting to control the message of those interviews, and this movie helps kind of portray that piece, almost her as a marketer, so to speak, um, which is, it's cool, it's interesting. The score is heavy, right? I mean, the close-ups and the score, the close-ups of Natalie's face and the score left me a little bit tired. Um, if I took away something from this and would be the reason that maybe if I were you, I would go see it, uh, that would be this theme of legacy. It's really interesting to watch uh, the character of Jackie portrayed in a way of kind of addressing what many people criticized her for at the time, which was kind of her obsession around um, making the White House something it hadn't been, bringing a lot of historical artifacts, maybe spending a lot of quote-unquote money to do so, being wrapped up in what it meant to be president, what it meant to be wife of a president, what it meant to the legacy of the Kennedy family. And that part actually was kind of my favorite part, and I'm going to tell you why. It's, it, it fascinated me from the standpoint what tragedy and grief and all of those things can bring to us and how sometimes it's the little things that we do that bring everybody sort of back to reality, help ground everybody else, helps ground the living. Um, and she's given a lot of credit for really trying to focus on that during a really difficult personal time. And I don't necessarily think that makes her a villain. Um, I think sometimes it's the little simple things that we do that can carry us through. And not necessarily something wrong with that. That said, not my favorite movie. Lots of close-ups of Natalie. Lots. Let's 
get into the meat, the meat of this episode. This is why you're all here. We're going to talk about something that a lot of podcasts aren't talking about right now, and that's why I think it's super cool. 2017 sequels, reboots, remasters, reconfigurations, you name it. Anything that is inexplicitly tied to a work before it, either as a sequel or a prequel or a world that we're building, all of those things. And you are not going to believe how many there are. I'm going to start just by reading them to you because it's going to blow your mind. January, Underworld, Blood Wars. Triple X, number three, The Return of Xander Cage. Resident Evil, the final chapter. February, February, February. Rings, John Wick 2, the Lego Batman movie, Fifty Shades Darker. March, Logan, Kong, Skull Island. T2, this is Trainspotting 2, people. March also has Beauty and the Beast. April, Smurfs, The Lost Village, The Fate of the Furious. You know what that is. May, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Alien Covenant. Mm, excited. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. Not the first Diary of a Wimpy Kid. This is the second one. This is The Long Haul. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man, Tell No Tales. Dead Man, Tell No Tales. If you've been to Disneyland, you get that. June, Wonder Woman. The Mummy, World War Z 2, Cars 3, Transformers, The Last Night, Despicable Me 3, Amityville, The Awakening. July, we have Spider-Man Homecoming. We have Bad Dads. We have War of the Planet of the Apes. In August, we have Annabelle 2, Nutjob 2, Nutty by Nature. Yep, yep, that's happening. September, It. Yes, as in It. Flatliners, yes, as in Flatliners. October, we have Kingsman, The Golden Circle. We have Blade Runner, 2049. We have Friday the 13th. We have Insidious, Chapter 4. We have Cloverfield, 2017. We have Saw Legacy. There's supposedly a Cult of Chucky movie coming out. TBD. November, we have Thor. We have Bad Mom's Christmas. We have Justice League. We have Murder on the Orient Express. TBD, release date for Creed 2. In December, we have Star Wars Episode 8. We have Jumanji. We have Pitch Perfect 3. And we have The Six Billion Dollar Man. We also have four other works that are TBD in 2017. Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Labyrinth. Soldado. Super Troopers 2. You're mad right now. You heard all of this and you're mad. You want to know who's to blame. Well, here's the thing. The reason we're talking about this is because you and I have nobody to blame but ourselves because we beg for this. We ask for this. We pay for this. And so this is what we get. And I'm telling you, I'm not judging that. There's a lot of things on this list I'm excited to see. And I'm going to talk to you about those things and we can't be mad. They're not all bad, and we can't be mad. All right. I really want to see Logan. I love Wolverine. I love Hugh Jackman. He is a fabulous Wolverine. And this particular movie, the trailer with 
Johnny Cash singing Nine Inch Nails Hurt in the background. I'm going to tell you, I was pumped. I was pumped, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I, I like him. He's one of my favorite superhero characters, and I'm in. So let's do it. Mm, last year, there were some disappointments. Batman versus Superman. I have to tell you, I'm a huge Batman fan. I love the Nolan series very, very, very much. I love the character of Batman very, very, very much. I watched Batman Beyond growing up. I watched, obviously, the original Batman movies. And I felt like that particular movie was horrendous. Maybe the only good part was maybe Ben Affleck's Batman. Maybe. But other than that, um, that was on my bottom 10 movies of the year. So, yeah, not good. They're not all good. They can all be good. The other one that I'm looking forward to is Beauty and the Beast. It's a tale as old as time. And, <laughs> oh, God. Um, and I'm excited because I have been a fan of some of these live action recreations. I loved the Cinderella that came out in 2015. It actually made my top 10 list. I'm a sucker for Disney. I'm a sucker for a really beautiful story that helps empower young girls. And Cinderella did that with that amazing message, have courage and be kind. And I'm hoping Beauty and the Beast can do something similar and um, remind us of a time us girls of a time in our lives when we were touched by that original version. So let's do it. I'm in for Beauty and the Beast. Alien Covenant, obviously. Huge excitement for me here. You know I'm an Alien fan from my last podcast and I remain one. This particular one actually is a prequel to the original Alien. It snuggles right in between Prometheus and Alien. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You don't need to do this, but you could go to, or you could watch Prometheus and then go see Alien Covenant and then go home and do an alien marathon. That's what I'm going to do. So yeah, I'm excited and I'm not ashamed. And it's Ridley and it's Fassbender and yeah, let's do it. Okay. So uh, the next one is in that same month of May. I want to see the new Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I just rewatched all of those. There's four of them, obviously. And although they're very inconsistent and there's some weak points, as a whole, please remember the first time you saw that first Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, 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 Caribbean. You liked it. You did. Just remember back. And then you saw the second one, which wasn't that great. And then you saw the third one, which is actually better than the second one. And then you saw that horrendous fourth one, which was just trying to help Johnny Depp have a career. I don't know. I don't know what was happening, but it was bad. And then uh, we go to the fifth one, which I'm thinking has some promise. I mean, if we look at the pattern, this could be good. We're bringing back a lot of the characters we know, including obviously Johnny in his signature role, but you have Orlando coming, Jeffrey Rush is coming back. You don't have the um, Elizabeth Swan played by Kira Knightley, but that's okay. I'm excited. Let's try it. I'm in. I'm in. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay. I don't care who you are. You liked this. You liked that first movie. You liked the soundtrack, you liked the music, you liked the vibe, you liked how it made you feel, you liked laughing. I like to laugh. I'm in. Let's do it. Spider-Man Homecoming. 
Okay. You saw Captain America's Civil War. And the best part at the airport, that big battle, and seeing him kind of coming to life after Robert Robert Downey, a.k.a. Iron Man, recruited him. And he's actually like a kid and not like a 30-year-old man like most of the Spider-Mans that we've seen before us. You want to see this with that cute Tom Holland. I do. So cute. And it was the after trailers sequence. And I'm ready. You want to see it. Admit it. Blade Runner 2049. Okay. So the original Blade Runner was set in the future. The vast, dark future of 2019. What? That's crazy, right? <laughs> 1982 is when the original was put out. I'm excited to see this. It's Harrison Ford, and this is directed by one of my favorite directors of the current days of uh, Denis Villeneuve, because he did Sicario, and he did that amazing movie that I've talked about that I loved called Arrival, and I'm excited to see what he can do with this, and I'm in. Let's do it. And last, but definitely not least, I want to talk about the new Thor movie. The new Thor movie is an example of what is happening in Hollywood today. And I think it's a really interesting phenomenon. What it is, is a movie that's going to be directed by one of my very favorite directors of modern day. What I would call my up-and-comer guy. And he's not even really an up-and-comer. He's been around for a while. His name is Taika Waititi. And he's done movies uh, called Boy and Eagle vs. Shark, which were very independent films. Um, And um, what I love about those movies, but most particularly what I feel like was his breakout movie, is his sense of humor. Um, If you have not seen a movie called What We Do in the Shadows that came out in 2015, stop this podcast right now. Go, I think it's on Showtime. I think it's on HBO. It's on one of those. I think it's on Netflix. I think you can find it anywhere. This movie is brilliant. It is a mockumentary of four vampires living in a flat together. He writes it. He directs it. He stars in it. Jermaine Clements in it. This is a really funny movie. And um, I don't know if it was this movie that officially put him on the map, but he landed a gig to direct this new Thor movie. Um, luckily before he got roped into that, he also put out another great movie that is going to be on video and streaming soon. It's still in theaters. I think it's just finishing up. It's called hunt for hunt for the wilder people, which is another really great movie. So please see that. But at the same time, um, being a fan of his work and, um, where he's going, I am really excited to see what he does with this Thor movie. And, um, I feel like if there's any piece of the Marvel universe that can use a lot of humor, I think Thor does that well. And I hope that his sensibility comes through in this, because if it does, then this will be a hit. People will like it. It'll be like Guardians of the Galaxy, where you just leave kind of feeling a joyfulness. And I hope that this movie pulls it off because I am rooting for my buddy, Taika Waititi. Okay, friends, I'm going to wrap up. This is a lot of content that is very serious. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you had fun. Um, I'm excited to post some stuff from Sundance. I don't have any followers on Twitter, so if you like what I'm doing, please follow me. My It's not a hashtag. I want to call it a hashtag. Look how old school I am. My handle is Tweedle, 
DD, as in D-E-E-D-E-E, 33. And um, I would love some followers because I'm going to be posting some little snippet episodes of reviewing movies I see at Sundance. And I'm hoping I'm going to get some followers uh, kind of through doing that because when I went to Sundance last year and the year before, I was very disappointed how little media content there was around movies people were seeing. I was seeing things second, third, fourth time during the Sundance week, and I couldn't find anyone who had put out any content about the movie. So I thought, you know what, I have a chance to do that this year. I'm seeing 10 of these movies. I've sort of got a a podcast, I guess. So I'm going to try. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to listen to those. I I feel like it's hard sometimes to listen to reviews or recommendations of movies that aren't going to be available for you for a while. It's kind of annoying and frustrating. So if you don't listen to my Sundance stuff, I really understand. But maybe I'll I'll put the titles and later in the year when those come out, maybe you'll go back and revisit them and um, they might be meaningful then. Um, Otherwise, if you don't listen, I'm going to put together another more generic podcast for you coming soon after Sundance is over. And I hope you'll come back and listen. Thank you guys for being here. Um, This music that introed us and the music that is going to take us out is from my brother, the amazing Matt Knighton and his band of early, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I would say they wanted to be Chinese rock stars and they wrote music to that effect. And they went there and they tried to get a career didn't work out, but my brother's always inspired me. And you know how I feel about the people that dream just like La La Land. I'm into that. And so thank you to my brother, Matt, for leading us in and taking us out.